Welcome to the Wonder Woman fan party. Uh, thank you very much to all of our wonderful hosts tonight, Heidi Ho Comics, Geek Chic Promotions, Nerd Out. Uh, I think we have some food from Needy Bakery. Uh, Rue's nodding yes at me. I think that's all of them. Okay. <laughs> I only work for Geek Chic. Don't expect me to remember things. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> we're... Uh, myself and Brandon here will be moderating the panel. We are the co-hosts of the podcast, I Think You'd Be Into It, which is, uh, as we joke, a podcast about your problematic faves in which we talk with people for some time about stuff they're really into. And so Wonder Woman seemed like a great one to do with this panel. So uh, to get it started off, for those who don't know, would you each like to introduce yourselves? Oh, God, I got to go first. <laughs> Sweet. Hello. There we go. Hi, I'm Drew Johnson. I have drawn a lot of Wonder Woman for DC Comics. I uh, worked on Greg Rucka's run. I worked on Wonder Woman 77 with Mark here and Matt. We were in the same book. Um, I've drawn many other Wonder Woman books by a couple other writers. and We spend a lot of time together, me and Wonder Woman. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mark Andreco. Uh, I write Wonder Woman 77 and I'm finishing up Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77 with Adam West and Linda Carter meeting each other for the first time. Yeah. Um, and how many people have seen the movie already? Well, th those of you that haven't, you are in for a treat. I've had the luxury of getting to see it three times. Wow. And All right, everyone I know has seen it already. I, I used to work it at is, DC, and all my friends saw it already. It is a it is a it is a transformative experience. It is not only the Wonder Woman movie you want; it's even better. It is it, I, the way I describe it is: if I was going to do programming at my own theater, I would do a triple feature of Wonder Woman, The Rocketeer, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Dang, that's nice. heavy credentials. And I'm and I've got tickets to see it three more times this weekend. Oh my and I have, I have not seen a movie six times in the theater since E.T. And that was you're the one that got the last seats at the Arc Light. No, I'm the Vista. Oh, yeah. The Vista's. They, 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 they sell tickets in advance now? Yeah. You have to go the, and buy them at the oh. box office. But yeah, you're going you're gonna to love the movie, and I really recommend seeing it with a crowd because it's, it, it reminded me in this day and age of uh, text messaging in theaters and people thinking it's their living room and not a movie theater. Every time I saw it, whether it was the 3,000 people at the premiere or the 300 people at a free screening or a press screening, it was what we love about going to the movies. It was everyone there was focused on enjoying this world. And it is, ladies, bring Kleenex. You will be emotional. Every, one, every female friend of mine who has seen it has said they've never seen a movie where women are not defined by their boyfriends or their clothes or their makeup or not liking each other. It is, it is, it is a really powerful movie as well as being so brilliantly entertaining. And I don't get any money from it, so I'm telling the truth. We got one that went off. Green mic went off. The first half hour passes the Bechdel test, yeah. Nice, nice. Actually, I think the, whole, I, actually the whole movie passes the Bechdel test. I think we'll have to bring an, ex, we'll have to buy an extra seat because when I get really excited, I don't cry. I start punching him in the leg. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Hi, I'm Susan Eisenberg, and um, I voice Wonder Woman in Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Woo! And a few other projects, thank you. A few other projects, Apocalypse, Doom, 
DCU Online, Injustice. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming. I'm uh, Matt Haley. I did uh, Wonder Woman 77 with these two gentlemen here and then did uh, a lot of alternate versions of Wonder Woman back in the day for DC, Elseworlds Finest, and I forget what else. You did some covers, too. A lot of covers, yeah. And I'm a Chris Pine super fan, so I'm kind of waiting for this movie, yeah. He is the only the only person objectified in the movie, and it's glorious. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'd wa I watched him in Smoke and Aces. I'll watch him in anything. Oh. Um, after this in Hell or High Water... He has no excuse to be bad ever again because we know he can be great. He he is so good. He and Gal Gadot in this movie are so good. This might be the best acted superhero movie we've ever had. There's not a false performance in it. All right. Uh, and I hate everything generally. So <laughs> I I do too, and I'm so pumped about this. So uh, the way we typically it's not the normal uh, panel thing. But the way we typically kick off our podcast is to have everybody think of their, quote, 30-second pitch for, you know, why the thing. So basically what that boils down to is, what about Wonder Woman is the thing that, that you love that makes you want to keep coming back to it? Anybody can answer. I've been doing a lot of talking about You're this so movie. Ready. You're so, so ready. You're so ready. I love I, it. I did three podcasts today talking about the movie. You have more. So um, the thing about Wonder Woman oh. is, of all the superheroes out there, superheroes are generally come to our rescue and save us. Wonder Woman will save us, but she saves us and has hope for us. She wants us to be better. She wants us to be the good people that she sees, and that's different, because a lot of superheroes, when we're victims, we're rescued, that's a very passive thing. Mm -hmm. And she came to our world because she sees in us what we sometimes can't see ourselves, and that is utterly unique. Yeah. And that's the best thing about this movie. Even though it takes place in World War I, it doesn't shy away from the horrors of war, but the movie's about hope and love and how we all have it within us, and that defines her as a superhero who puts us in front of herself. Can I can I add to that real yeah, quick? Just please. the idea. I like the idea of most superheroes. It's always about we've got to save the world. And I like the idea that Wonder Woman is coming to quote man's world and isn't necessarily trying to save it. She's like you say. She's trying to serve as an example to make it better. And I don't know of any other maybe Superman. Well, yeah, sort of. But here's the thing. Here's the difference with Superman. I think is the idea of what you were saying, she's coming to, she's, she comes and she's here voluntarily. You know, it's a yeah, little, it's a difference between, you know, Superman is stranded tragedy. here. Most she's not defined by tragedy. Be, yeah, like She Batman. chose to leave her, her yeah. life and, and she sacrificed, but she isn't defined by tragedy. She's choosing to be a hero because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's not because she's experienced some horrific tragedy and that, al that also makes her unique in that She's very inspirational, and, it, and I think it's nice to, to finally see her get her due culturally. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I've always loved about the character is abil her ability to lead by example. And uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and so I think about that sort of thing quite a bit. And uh, every time I've drawn the character, uh, I've been able to take a lot of joy in being able to share that with my daughter mm -hmm. and understand that this is something I'm going to feel good showing to her. Because, you know, I mean, in comics, you get to draw questionable characters on a regular basis. <laughs> and honestly, this is one of the, the, the characters that brings out the best in people and makes people want to be better, even just by reading the book. Yeah. And that's a pretty rare thing. Superman even seems to have fallen from that mm -hmm. in, the, in the last decade. And Wonder Woman has only risen, which is pretty cool. And 
I love having that for my daughter. Yeah. And it's really cool. I think Wonder Woman's probably the only hero I see on the regular still trying to talk her, you know, nemeses out of being evil. You know, even even when she's even if she does have to fight them, she's still there trying to talk them into doing the right thing. Well, writing. I I was a little kid when um, I was five years old when the Wonder Woman TV start TV show started with Linda Carter, and you know, the famous for spinning and turning into her costume. I, I actually gave myself nosebleeds when I was a kid spinning, hoping to change clothes. I learned how to do that. You just go on YouTube. There's tutorials for it. Uh, well, this this was before YouTube. This was when we took pterodactyls to school. Um, but writing Wonder Woman 77, I felt a great responsibility because if you watch the Linda Carter show, there's a reason why that, up until now, has been the defining performance. Because Linda, who I've had the luxury of meeting a few times, takes that very seriously. She took that responsibility, and she was the first actor to ever play a superhero that didn't look down on it. She could be playing Florence Nightingale or Eleanor Roosevelt or Lady Macbeth. That's how she treated the role as a role. And that's the thing you brought up about Wonder Woman is... She's the way that cops should be. Force should be the last thing you use. She reaches out with a hand before a closed fist, and that's when she has to use a closed fist, it's the last option possible. And that also defines her in a way, in an era where we punch first and take, que take questions later, that that's, even though she's a, a goddess, she uses that power very judiciously. And it's, it's, that stuff makes a difference, especially for young girls who are underserved. We can't underestimate the power of Wonder Woman for an entire generation of young women. And it's so nice to be able to live in this right now and see these superheroes get this treatment and to be able to contribute to their mythology. It's, it's a great life. Speaking of uh, playing Wonder Woman, we only have one person up here who's gotten to actually do that. Uh, what's, God, what's it like to kind of bring so many layers? I mean, just your voice. I'm just always so impressed by your performances because, you know, you're using just your voice to express the nine million layers that, that Diana has. Well, you know, it depends if, like with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, we were all together in the room. So you do oh, get nice. to feed off of the energy of the other actors. With Injustice and DCU Online Game, you're by yourself um, because that's how videos are recorded. You're, you're alone in the booth as opposed to an animated series. But, it, you know, it's, I've said over and over in interviews that it, it's been the professional um, gift of my life, voicing her, and like everyone has already said, I mean, she's such an extraordinary character. I mean, I get to play her as a daughter, you know, and I get to play the scenes with Hippolyta, I get to play her as a warrior. And so, you know, being able to do the princess, the warrior, the woman, as a voice actor, you know, that's... You know, that's just, it's just the best. It really is, it's just a gift. When, when you're preparing to, to do uh, Wonder Woman for any of these things, how, how do you, what aspects of yourself do you bring to the role? And uh, how does the role affect you? Uh, you know, you're usually, you're there to work out somebody else's vision. So you're there for, whether it's Bruce Tim or the people behind Injustice, I mean, they have an idea of what you're, you, they want you to do, and you're there to do that. Um, I always go back to Justice League, because she was my first introduction. Obviously, I grew up with Linda Carter, so I mean, that was my first introduction to the character, but the intimate introduction to the character was through Justice League, and so I imagine her, you know, and if you have a good director, and I had Andrea Romano for all those years. 
that's their job to create that universe for you so that you're free to, to act in it and to be in it. And so I just always, no matter what, no matter who I'm playing, like in which you know, game or which show, which movie, it's always, it always goes back to the Diana from Justice League. Um, I was wondering if each of you could speak to, there's, God, 75 years of history, if there's a particular story or moment or, you know, arc that is a favorite of yours that you think people should check out. If they're going to, if not everybody here is necessarily read, specifically in comics or, or even if one of the movies, you know, if there's something that somebody wants to learn more about Wonder Woman before they go mm. or after they go see the movie, what would you recommend? The George Perez run is yeah. pretty seminal. <laughs> yeah. um, and the second trade paperback collection comes out soon. Next week. Yeah. Uh, there's two omnibus, omnibuses or omnibi. I don't know I what they're called. Omnibi. Um, but there's a particular issue that George wrote that um, my friend Jill Thompson drew in his run. I believe it was issue 46. Mm -hmm. And in the George Perez run of Wonder Woman, Talk her friends, her, she was staying with a, um, an archaeologist and her, the archaeologist's daughter, Vanessa. And in the book, it was, one of Vanessa's friends committed suicide. And um, it's a really, really powerful issue because it's Wonder Woman not being super heroic, but being human. And it's all about, and the, the cover was done by George and it was done in chalk because there's a chalk drawing in the book that plays a big part of it. But George Perez, in addition to being an amazing artist, I think was one of the first people in the modern age who really captured the humanity mm -hmm. and the love of Wonder Woman above all the fans, above the invisible jet and above the cool costume and all that. He made her this paragon of love and I can't recommend that issue and you can probably get it on eBay for a buck I'm sure it's not super but that issue in particular of the George the Perez back run back issue bins here at Heidi Hall anyone else? I know you're trying to narrow it down I if one of my if I can recommend one if, if you ever just wanted a really great sampling of Wonder Woman I'm still mad two years later that they cancelled it but all of the Sensation comics from the past few years oh, yeah. are so good they're so good. I got to read a lot of those. Um, I got to read all of those, actually. They're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. There's one issue I, that stuck with me in particular of these, these three girls are running <coughs> along the beach and somehow Superwoman from Earth 2 just ends up there. Like, you know, happens in comics. She's just there. And she starts trying to, like, fight the teenage girls and for some reason, and, like, Wonder Woman ends up protecting her and or fighting her to protect the girls, and then it all kind of comes full circle, and there's like this little twist at the end where after this like knockdown, drag out fight between Superwoman and, and um, Wonder Woman, there's just this real moment, again, of Diana's like pure humanity and like softness that, I don't want to spoil the issue for anybody because that, that you have to read the twist, but it's just, it's, it's such a great issue to exemplify the whole range of, you know, warrior and woman and and humanity. It's funny, I was never much into Wonder Woman as a kid. I liked Batman, and of course I grew up on the Still TV like show. Batman. I think I wrote MASH notes to Linda Carter when I was a kid, but I was a huge <laughs> Teen Titans fan, and so I kind of got exposed to the comic book Wonder Woman through Wonder Girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donna Troy? Donna Troy, that's right. The only Wonder Girl. Well, Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm a baby, so Cassie was Wonder Girl when I was reading Teen Titans, because I'm a baby. But I also have... I have clothes older than you that I still wear. I also have... Right like, now, I'm probably wearing... I have, like, a lot of very deep feelings about Donna Troy. I could do a whole episode on that. I don't blame you. 
my only real experience with Wonder Woman is getting my butt kicked when I played as her in Injustice the first time. <laughs> like, like, just, like, Aquaman just stabbed me so hard. Okay, in fairness, Aquaman has, like, a hard light shark. So, <laughs> do you think of one yet? Um, I, I don't know. Any mic? I don't know. I, I, one of my things with Wonder Woman is just the, the, the variations of books I've drawn because I've worked with a bunch of different writers with mm-hmm. the character. And uh, um, I think my favorite non-77 one, um, because I really kind of look at those as two different universes, um, I worked with um, Michael, his last name is Escaping Me, he was uh, one of the producers and writers on the, the animated series. Um, I cannot remember his last name, darn it. I haven't seen him in a long time. Anyway, it was an issue of Sensation. It was like mm-hmm. issue 12 or 13. Um, so talking about, man, Sensation Comics. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he did a, a wonderful story where it was uh, Hippolyta's birthday. And uh, so there's, like, there's, there's a couple stories playing out at once. You start with Wonder Woman looking for, uh, a, a, I think it's a phoenix egg and you don't know why she's looking for it. And then back on the island, it's Hippolyta's birthday and the Amazons have planned this outrageous festival for it, for her and she doesn't want any of it. She's just too down to earth about things. She just really wants to see Diana. Mm-hmm. And she's 3,000. And, and yeah, she's 3,000 years that old, true. Exactly, yeah. And, and <clears throat> so, uh, you know, Phil, Philippus is uh, doing all these crazy things they put on a play. And then uh, uh, while Wonder Woman is looking for this uh, phoenix egg, she's attacked by the cheetah. And the fight is incredibly violent. And uh, uh, it's one of my favorite action scenes I've ever drawn in any comic book because it just it flows throughout the whole book. And then there's a third sequence with young Diana where she's like, I don't know, nine, ten years old. And um, she is out uh, with uh, Hippolyta who's there to teach her a lesson for something she did. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what it is until the end of the issue. And when it all comes together at the end is Hippolyta finds out that Diana's uh, out there getting her, her uh, butt handed to her by the cheetah who's just tearing her to bits over this phoenix egg. And she goes running out to try and save her, which she, of course, didn't need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when she gets there, Diana has just had enough and wraps it up because she was holding back the whole time. You know, she was trying to reason with the cheetah the whole time, trying to, you know, cool it down. Cheetah's just being a nut. And... You can't reason with Cheetah. Yeah, you really can't. You really can't. I've tried, you can't. But yeah, she's, exactly. She's, she's just a whirlwind. She's spent 70-something years trying to. Yeah, and, and, uh, uh, and, and as it wraps up at the end, you know, she's tied up Cheetah, and it turns out the phoenix egg, she was trying to get it as a birthday present for her mom because in the sequence where uh, there, she's a little kid, the thing that she did was she broke her mom's phoenix egg, destroyed it on accident, and she was trying to replace it. And the issue is just all about the love that she and her mother share and the sequences mm-hmm. where her mother's trying to tell her what, why she did it and what is wrong and, and, and how to make it better and how it all kind of wraps up at the end where after all these years, Diana replaces it for her mm-hmm. and Diana's all bloody and beaten up, but she's got this gift for her mom. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it was just beautiful. I mean, it was, it was a really nicely written story and, and uh, the way that he combined emotion and action and you know just all the wonderful things that make Wonder Woman Wonder Woman I, I just love that it. It it's my favorite story I ever worked on uh, for, for that uh, nice. yeah. so like I said Sensation Comics yeah. oh, and it ended like two years ago and I'm still mad about it I'm still mad I'm about a little it. crushed I didn't get to do any oh, I'm still mad about it 
So obviously we've talked, to, we've kind of <coughs> danced around and talked a little bit about Wonder Woman 77 up here. Um, how, I mean, what's it like getting to play in that world? I know, uh, I mean, it's, it's just such, the, it, it treads this awesome fun line between camp and nostalgia and still having that pure Wonder Woman core. I mean, I'll say personally for me, it was, I've been, you know, doing comics and whatnot for over a quarter century, but because it had been a TV show, my parents saw it and finally went, oh, you do this for a living? <laughs> Well, that's nice. Aww. And I, I used to write her love letters when I was a kid. To get to draw her? Are you kidding me? Yeah, when I, um, after the success of Batman 66, I went to lunch with uh, uh, one of the guys at DC, Hank Canals, mm -hmm. who was in charge of digital. And I yeah. said, why aren't you doing Wonder Woman 77? It just seems like a no-brainer because there's so little Wonder Woman material out right now. And then three months later, I got an email from him saying, we're doing Wonder Woman 77. Oh, I gave him a piece of pitch art, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said... We, does that mean me? And I said, and I said, it better mean me because I pitched this to you and I got to write it. And it was, it was intimidating because of, because of the example Linda set, you know. Um, I and got, her people are pretty involved in it. I mean, they do get approvals, but in the early stages, they had a lot of the only Only on the likenesses. We had, <laughs> we had no problems dealing mm -hmm. with her after, because uh, I got to meet yeah, her. Yeah, it was we got just to the meet likenesses. Her. Um, we saw her. She also, she's also a singer. She's yeah. a very accomplished singer, and she's... She has songs in what? Bioshock? Uh, Fallout 4. Fallout yes. 4. She wrote like half the soundtrack and it's phenomenal. She, start, she starts a jazz tour every year at March in uh -huh. the Catalina Jazz Club on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. And we got to see her. And I sent a note backstage not hope, hoping we would, you know, maybe she'd just say hi to us afterwards. And she gave us a shout out from the stage and then afterwards took us backstage. And I was instantly transported to being five years old again. I was just sitting with like tears in my eyes, and she gave me a hug and said, "Thank you for doing this book." And I'm like, "No, no, no! I, I, I need to thank you, yeah. you know, because you know this this shaped my life. This book, and getting to do what they couldn't do in the show back then. Because if you watch the show, her performance is great, but it's mostly gangsters and Nazis because mm -hmm. they didn't have a budget. So we got to bring in." Silver Swan and, and set it at a disco that was Studio yeah. 52. Was I was going to say, but you and did still get to open with uh, Communist Roller Girls. Yeah, you know, which, we, had, we had roller derby, oh my Soviet God. roller derbies, you know. And, and the, the second I saw that page, I called up, um, I called up uh, Jess Chen. Actually, mm. I called her up and I was like, Jess, this is the greatest page I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> So does, does oh, no one have any yes. love for the, was it the second or third season where the, the goofy tinsel-covered space aliens showed up and Andros, oh, I, her boyfriend? I wrote some Andros stories that haven't been published. Why, why did yeah, I not yeah. drive, draw them? Because that's, you better have my number on well, speed dial. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that afterward. I got there. to draw him, with the, the little guy, once. Because that's where I came into this show. All I cared about was sci-fi, and then it was Wonder Woman fighting these goofy little aliens with like... Yeah. For those of you that are too young to remember the show, and that's Sorry, probably guys. everyone out there, um, the first season took place during World War II, and the, the second and third season took they place updated. in the 70s. Yeah. And a little robot on and wheels she had, and the whole thing. She had, if she, need, if she, she was, was like skateboarding, she could spin and have a skateboard costume or a scuba the costume. diving outfit. Yep. It, was, it was the best thing the ever. The diving outfit is like a full thing, covers her hair too. But the thing about Linda Carter is that Linda Carter is exactly what you want her to be. She is a lovely, lovely, gracious, generous that is woman. Wonderful to hear. She is Wonder Woman. I mean, you meet her and you're like, you can't, you can't be, you instantly feel like you're the worst person alive because she exists. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm a horrible person. And um, it was a real, pre it was a, you know, to get to meet your idols is one thing, and to be able to write dialogue for them and get paid for it. It's like, okay, I win. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to uh, ask you about. Um, when I was working on it with you, I never got a sense it was written with any camp at all. It was a sincerity to it that I really loved. Well, you know, 
the show has camp value because of just the production values and the budgets of then, but unlike the Batman show, which was pop art and supposed yeah. to be <laughs> Which was big, supposed to be that. Th- this, this, was, this was a pretty straightforward superhero show, and I just used Linda's performance as the touchstone for it because she, you watch, even with the most ridiculous episodes of that show, there's a dignity that she brought to that character. Yeah that I said to her, I said, I try not to have Wonder Woman punch anybody because you didn't punch anybody on the show unless you absolutely had to. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice now that now we have a, a Wonder Woman for a new generation who takes all the, the, the grace that Linda brought to the character and reinvents it. It's, it it's, it's a really great time to be alive if you're a Wonder Woman fan because I think this is going to be the movie of the year. I think people are going to be shocked because you'll, you'll, you'll all want to see it more than once. I already want to see it more than once. I'm sorry. I'm just so I'm so geeking out. Up you here. put it on a par with Raiders and the Rocketeer. Yeah, that's a without question. It's a hefty okay. bill. And it's been three weeks since I saw it the first time. This isn't me walking out of the theater going, "This is the best movie ever." All it's right. a it's it's a summer movie. You know, we're, we're old enough that the dumb summer movies when we were kids were Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T., both of which were nominated for Best Picture. Right. Now dumb summer movies are Transformers 13 with Marky Mark in them and have, you know, yeah. have no hey, nutritional value. Hey, we can all remember ever. that Suicide Squad won an Oscar. <sighs> There's, there are some good things in Suicide <laughs> Squad. It's 2017. But, Anything but, can happen. But this is a movie that is eminently entertaining and the best sort of summer entertainment that actually is about something and has some nutritional value and stays with you. And watchable more than once. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen it three times. I'm in. By, by Sunday, I'll be at number six. I'm so. in. I know I'm sad, but I'm not that sad. So it's going to be, it, it's definitely, a, it's the most rewatchable movie DC's ever done by, by far. Really? Oh. All right. Fantastic. Well, uh, are there any audience questions? My name is Vince. And hi, and I haven't read comics for a while. So like you guys brought me back with that Wonder Woman 77 series. Oh, I haven't read it for like so long. But uh, my question was, um, you guys uh, have access to the character of Drusilla, right? The Wonder Girl character. Yes. Yes, but she was not the Deborah Winger version because we didn't have her likeness. Okay, so she looked a little like Deborah Winger. That was completely by accident. (laughs) So could you do a backup story if you got Deborah Winger's approval to do a Wonder Girl series or? Well, if you read Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77, issues three and four that take place on Paradise Island, Drusilla is there, and she's dancing in the Batusi with Robin. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, how about a, a series where Wonder Woman 77 meets Wonder Woman 2017? How's that as a possibility? That's beyond my pay grade, but we are talking about... Uh, there's an Easter egg in the last issue of Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77. The, the villain in the whole series has been Ra's al Ghul, and Batman says, and this is a moderate spoiler, uh, well, now the League of Shadows is, is no more. And Wonder Woman says, a league? We should talk about that. Mm, okay. So hopefully, if it sells well enough, we can get George Reeves to show up and some of those characters from the 70s le- uh, live-action superhero roasts that awesome. have starred many of us. Ghetto Man? We're getting into deep cuts here. I'm sorry. Yeah, We're really say, nerding all, out here. That's so, all in the, in the DC rules. Thanks, Vince. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Any other questions? It's not necessarily a question. I just wanted to say, uh, Susan Eisenberg, I grew up listening to your voice in all of the cartoons, and it's kind of fantastic that you're here with us tonight. So thank you for coming out. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I will admit it is weird because she's just out of my peripheral vision, and we've become friends, but hearing her talk, I'm like, Wonder Woman's right behind me. Wonder Woman's behind me. Oh, God, what did I do? Nah, she's there to give you a hug.
I've got a question. Is it okay if a panelist yeah, asks ask a, question? a question? This is a silly question for, for the rest of you. What's Wonder Woman's weakness? I, I, is it that if her bracelets touch, she loses her powers? Or I can't remember. What's Every hero has a weakness. There, there, there have been a bunch of them. There have been a bunch of them throughout, throughout the yeah. era. I, I can't hear she you. She said chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it depends <clears throat> on what era you're reading. Something like that. She got tied up with the lasso of truth. And it used to be that if a man set foot on Paradise Island, the Amazons all lost their powers. Oh, wow. Did we deal with that in the movie? No spoilers? Copy that. Okay. You see him on the beach. Yeah, no. And then you see her her jumping really high. I can't wait. I think, like, in the cheesy way, her weakness ends up being compassion. Oh, you know the answer to this? Her original weakness was a man had to tie her up. Uh, Marsden was a really touch. interesting cat, yeah, he wasn't he? he was a weird guy. He was a very weird guy. He had two wives, and they all lived yeah. in the same house. Well, it was a mistress, not a wife. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was married, oh. and the wife was okay. I got to get back on Wikipedia. And, and really he actually weird. wasn't a polygamist. He wasn't advocating poly- There's a lot of misnomers about, Mars- yeah. about Marsden's history. He wanted people to live the way that they were comfortable living. Okay. He, he was not saying that everyone should have a mistress and a wife. And we've gotten to know Christy Marston, his granddaughter, um, who, who, who has been at the premiere and has been the big cheerleader for him and has a museum that she's been working on for yeah. the character in Atlantic City. And Wonder Woman, Princess Diana, was actually based on Marston's wife, her grandmother. So That's there's a movie cool. coming out about him called Wonder, I believe, yeah. very soon. And if you... Yeah. yeah, and if you want to learn more about Wonder Woman 2, there's a phenomenal book by Jill Lepore, The Secret yeah. History of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wow. Ah, we got another one. This is, this is one of our sponsors tonight, the creator of Nerd Out, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a question for all of you. If you could pair up Wonder Woman with any other character, it doesn't have to be DC, like I think Wonder Woman and like Captain Marvel would kick ass. Mm-hmm. Who would you pick as her, like, cohort? Oh, that's a good one. Mm, that is a good question. Me. No, I... <laughs> did, did, no, what's that? Me. Oh. Does she okay, need a cohort? Now we're back cohort? into fan fiction. Does she need a cohort? I mean, I don't know. I don't think she needs one, but it's always nice to have a fun little Captain buddy comedy. Captain Marvel Jr., just because he's my all-time favorite. Oh, he's so. adorable. Captain Marvel Jr. I think she meant Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, but... No. That's what she meant, I'm Oh, saying. okay. Well, that would be cool. And Captain Marvel Jr., yeah. He would just follow her around. You just want Captain Marvel Jr. <laughs> well, just, just as an artist, I would kill to do uh, Captain America, Wonder Woman, set in World War II. Oh, yeah. 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 That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. God, I think we broke Drew. <laughs> <laughs> we broke Mark. No, we Mark. broke Mark. There's so many to choose from. Um, Wonder Woman Drew. and Thor. We broke Mark. I'm yeah. sorry. Here, here. I'll, I'll just start throwing out characters. And you I say, would actually and you say like yes to write no. Wonder Woman and Spider-Man. Really? Ooh. Because, Why? But because Peter feels so much guilt about Uncle Ben's death, she would be able to help him move on from that, and be which would invalidate. Which would be a, which would be sort of a maternal character and help him and help him. I don't think it invalidates him. I no? think I think I think if you're a hero, you don't need guilt your whole life to be a good person. I think that's like that's like that's just Batman. As someone who was raised Catholic, as someone who was raised Catholic, being afraid of hell making you be a good person doesn't mean you're a good person. You should choose to be a good person. I was raised Southern Baptist. We were trained to hate everybody and everything. So, but, <laughs> but do you speak in tongues and kiss snakes? Not anymore. Awesome. <laughs> if, now, if you're Southern Baptist, you get you just don't talk about it. Don't talk about. It. 
No, no. Oh, that would just be a very long, awkward conversation between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. That would be, that would be if you watch the show Intervention, that's what it would be. You know, I, I pitched Wonder Woman and Manimal to DC a couple years ago. Yes. And they stopped returning my calls. So it's just the two of us who like that show, that's it. Yeah, and then I, I was going to, the second arc was going to be them teaming up with Cop Rock, the characters from the show uh, Cop I gotta, Rock. I got to park company with you there. I'm yeah, fair enough. Manimal, for the young people in the audience, <laughs> was a one-season show starring a British actor named Simon McCorkendale who had the superpower to turn into a foam rubber panther, and, and, and a the, rubber snake, and, and a hawk. Thank you. And what the audience doesn't know... And ironically, that was the exact same footage every single time. <laughs> and what the audience hey. doesn't know is this is a backdoor pilot for our Manimal podcast. <laughs> um, Will Ferrell is developing it as a feature film. Really? Uh, of course Mark, you're hurting is. my insights. Okay. Well, you know what? They use the same footage for Voltron every time he transforms now, too, in the modern cartoon. So that's, that's got precedent. Yeah. She's, Wonder Woman's been staring down at us for this entire panel. I want you all to know that because your back's to her. She's been looking at me. She doesn't look happy. She doesn't look happy. But she, look, she looks very serious. She's like, why is this ginger idiot on the panel? All right. Uh, unless there's any other questions, I'm going to... Okay, we got more now. Uh, this question is for Susan. Injustice is like super cool. It's one of my favorite video games. But I want to know what your thoughts were about Wonder Woman's lines in the video game and what Yama, and what you think it would actually take for Wonder Woman to be kind of like a villain. I have to be honest. No pun intended. Um, it was hard to do that. It was hard to be so villainous, if you will, and mean, um, spirited. But that's the vision for the game, and that's the character. And you know, she and Superman are a team, and you know, you have to go with what they write on the page. But it wasn't easy to do it. It really wasn't because, like I said earlier, my experience is. You know, how I was formed with her was through Justice League. And um, having said that, she's such a kick-ass character that you got to do... I got to do a lot of things that I wasn't able to do before in any other um, incarnation of her. So while it was, like, very strange and kind of surreal to play that kind of Wonder Woman, it was kind of fun, too. Thank you. So we had one more question back here. How's it going? Um, are, have you guys seen the one, uh, Justice League trailer? Yes. Yeah. Are you guys looking forward to it? Do you guys think it's going to be pretty good? I have no reason to not think it'll be good. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I'm hoping so. All right, that, that's the lame last question. Oh. <laughs> nah, it's okay, because that's what we'll see her in next after uh, the Wonder Woman movie, which comes out to the general public June 2nd? Yeah. June 2nd, Friday. Comes out Friday. Actually, it starts Thursday at like 5 starts, o'clock. Yeah, Thursday don't night. Count, then now that's considered a Friday. But you have all those tickets already. Yes. So, yeah, you already bought all those tickets. All right. Um, sorry, Brandon had a joke. I don't suppose we score free tickets for having been here. God, I, I don't have tickets yet, so no. It's worth paying for because the more money this movie makes, the more good movies we'll yeah. see with women in lead roles. Well, let's cross our so fingers. speak with your dollars. I mean, I'm paying to see, I saw it three, for free three times. I'm, say, I'm paying to see it five more. That makes a huge difference. There you go. 
All right. Um, well, to wrap it up, if you each just wanted to let our our panelists and our listeners know um, if they wanted to connect with you online, if that's anything you do, or what your next project is you've got coming up that they should check out. I don't know. Everything I'm working on right now is top secret, which makes it really tough to talk about. Uh, so, right, yes, that too. Yeah. Um, I'm doing uh, uh, regular covers uh, for G.I. Joe at the moment, uh, working on covers for a G.I. Joe crossover with Mask, um, and everything else is pretty quiet. Um, How can people find you? Oh, yes, thank you. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Dreadward Johnson, and uh, you can find me on Facebook at The Art of Dreadward Johnson. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, the last issue of Batman 66 Wonder Woman 77 comes out in two weeks. Uh, also in two weeks, the trade paperback of the Death of Hawkman book that I worked on comes out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Mark Andreco or listen to my pinko liberal rantings on Facebook. Uh, or not, if you choose <laughs> not to. Uh, and then, like Drew said, the, the NDAs they make us sign oh, at comic yeah, companies sure. are, like, are like nuclear secrets. So uh, there'll be some stuff announced uh, that will be very, very cool, hopefully, in the near future. Well, Comic-Con's coming up. So much closer than we think it is. <sighs> so like these guys, I have a couple of things coming up, but I can't talk about them yet. Um, one of them does involve Wonder Woman, and it's really exciting. Um, but the big thing that's on the horizon is um, we're doing a reunion from the Justice League at Denver Comic-Con. And nice. we have the whole group I'll together. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. We'll have the whole group together, and all the actors are going to be there, and um, Andrea Romano is going to be there. So um, I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully we'll put it online so that the fans can see it. When is Denver Comic Con? Late, I think it's late June. <laughs> End it of is. June. It yeah. is. End of June, early July. I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, no, it's June 30th to um, July 2nd. July 2nd, yeah. yeah. I was say, it's usually the last weekend of July. Yeah, so... Um, Look out for that. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or check me out on Twitter, it's Susan Eisenberg1. And Instagram is Susan Eisenberg21. And um, check out my website, uh, SusanEisenbergVoice.com. Cool. Thanks. I, uh, like everybody else, I'm working on stuff I can't talk about. I'm producing an animated series that hasn't been announced yet. And the most recent thing is I did a Superman Wonder Woman project with Jean Paul Gaultier. Apparently, they did a Superman cologne and a Wonder Woman perfume. I don't know if you can even find it on the web, but you, I drew I it and Yeah, there I saw it is. one of my friends working on the animation, so I think you is can find right? it online. Yeah. One of your friends did the animation? He, they don't he, tell me a damn thing. He, yeah, one of the guys who works in, uh, in like pre-press there, he helped to do some of the animation. for. He posted a bunch of Instagram videos. So really? It must be somewhere. I wish I'd known. I didn't get yeah, to see any of it. Yeah, Michael Falk, yeah. And uh, I'm uh, MattHaley.com, and on Instagram, MattHaleyArt. That's where the action happens. All right. So uh, not that you guys need to know this, but it's going to keep me from having to record one when we go home uh, <laughs> online. You can find me at, at @girladactyl. I am also one of the partners in Geek Chic Promotions, which is our host here tonight. And you can find us online. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Geek Chic Promotions. Um, you can find us on Instagram at, I think, Geek Chic underscore promotions. And on Twitter... I think we had to abbreviate the word promotions, so maybe just search for Geek Chic Promotions, but Geek Chic is all one word. Um, <laughs> uh, 
you can find the podcast. This will be actually live tomorrow. If you have any of your friends that wanted to come tonight and couldn't hear it, we'll be putting this up as a bonus episode tomorrow for the podcast of I Think You'd Be Into It. You can find us online at, at IntuitPod or I Think You'd Be Into It on Facebook. Um, this is Brandon. He's been very good back here. Normally he makes a lot of jokes, but I told him he couldn't make too many tonight because we had too many people talking. So he, he was very good through all of this. I already made too many anyway. He made a lot in his head. You can find him online at, at Hell Yes Brandon. Um, and uh, none of you heard this, but when it goes up, we will have to thank uh, Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song, Starting Over is a Lot Like Giving Up, off the album Falling is Like Fying, which you should all check out anyway because it's awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm actually going to do the raffle right now. You guys are free to go. Thank you to our panelists. Everybody clap them up. Yeah.